2: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: Being a loyal listener is like being part of an exclusive club. Or a really weird cult. A tradition better than Sunday dinner with a family. Coming to you live from Atlanta,
2: it's the John Kincaid Show on CBS Sports Radio. I like the really weird cult thing. Except we're not going to make you get a tattoo. Coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios when you need an expert that helps you navigate the home loan process, Rocket Mortgage can. My friends at Rocket Mortgage, we appreciate their fine patronage of the John Kincaid Show here on CBS Sports Radio. And yes, it is a Sunday in November. But this autumn, it's a tradition like any other. CBS Sports presents a special morning from Augusta. Live coverage of the Masters begins at 10 a.m. today, Eastern Time, only on CBS. Anthony, I don't know if you realize this or not. The executives at CBS, I pushed on this. I'm like, do not get on the air with the Masters until 10 Eastern Time when we go off the air. Smart. They capitulated. Jim Nance sent me a very heated email exchange saying, but we want to come on at 9. And I said, John Kincaid's show ends at 10 Eastern. Go on, Radio Television Hall of Famer Jim Nance. You will wait till our show's over. Boy, they've done a fantastic job. The coverage of the Masters has been amazing. Scott Van Pelt, who really is a national treasure, In his enthusiasm and joy with every uh, assignment that he gets has been fantastic. Eight five five two one two four 4 cbs that's the number today. We've had a lot of people get in early, but uh, I want to ask people to stop it. Stop it. I'll tell you what it is. There's been a lot of people saying because of the fact that we're in a special year of college football. We need to have more teams in the college football playoff. You knew it was coming. The add teams to the college football playoff crowd has been trying to look for some excuse. To expand their agenda. We need more teams in the college football playoff. We really do. It's not fair. Four teams is not enough. Four teams is not enough. We should have eight. And the pandemic should be the perfect reason that we expand the college football playoff. People want I all all I can figure is they want less quality. And I hear people talk about it all the time. Well, you know, you have to expand the college football playoff because more college football is a good thing. Really? Bowl games. Okay, next time you hear somebody trot out that argument, bowl games. More college football is a great thing. Okay, bowl games. You know, bowl games that even the teams that are in the bowl games, in probably half of the bowl games that are played in college football, half of them, last year were played to crowds of less than 16,000 people. 16,000 paid attendees in the building for a bowl game in college football, packed stadiums, color and pageantry. No, 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 it's not. Half the bowl games played to less than a full crowd at Staples Center last year. So no, more college football isn't a good thing. And then that, so now the, 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 People will contest that with me. They'll go, well, Kincaid, here's where you're not making any sense. What, what really matters is it's the quality of the opponents. If we have eight teams in, we're not talking about bad teams and bad bowl games. This is It's the quality of the opponents. That's where, you're, that's where you're missing the boat on this. Okay. So the quality of the opponent, opponents matters. That's why we need more than four teams in the national playoff. Anthony, I know I've played this game with you before, but you may not know the exact numbers. There are two college football playoff games a year, the semifinal games. Can you give me the combined, combined closest margin totals of those two games in any year? So if one team won 10 to 7 and one team won 14 to 7, you'd say, okay, that's 10 total points separated the two games. Can you give me the best year the college football playoff ever had? All right, 21 points. The best they ever had. 24 points. So on average, a 12-point margin. The second best. 38 points. There have been six of these babies. Six. The second best margin, second closest margin, is 38 points. So an average victory of 19 points. That's the second best. The third best semifinal weekend. Semifinal games. 41 points. Differentials. So one team wins by 21. One team wins by 20. That's the third best. The fourth best. Fourth closest. Was 46 points. So the average spread there in those two games, 23 points. No, but that was the fourth best. Give me the second best. That was the third best. Give me the second best. 48 points. And then 58 points. If you take it over six years, the average margin of victory in a national semifinal game is 21 and a half points the average the point differential of the two games again i will give it to you 24 38 41 think of that it's just it's 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 mind boggling how bad this is 24 38 41 46 48 58 Those are your six years that we've had a college football playoff. So for those of you who are demanding, this is a great year. We need a college football playoff to be expanded. No, you don't. These numbers over six years is hardly a small sample size. Six seasons is hardly a small sample size. That is the margin of victory. In the national semifinal games. So, all you need to know is if you're making the argument that we need four more teams in to the college football playoff, and I've heard nonsense that we need to expand it to 16 because of the pandemic. Shush, shush, shush. It makes no sense. Because even when we have full seasons, even when we have the best of competitions, The national semifinal games stink. The semifinal matchups stink. Averaging over six years, 21 and a half points. That's pathetic. And it shoots full of holes. Any discussion of a need. When I say it again, I'm using the air quotes. The need to expand the college football playoff. We can't even find good matchups when one plays four and two plays three. You can't even find good matchups then, let alone if one was playing eight, two was playing seven, three was playing six, and four was playing five. I did that math in my head, by the way, all in my head. Our toll-free line, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. That toll-free line, Geico is going to pay for it, so you're not being charged to give me a ring, whether you rent or whether you own. Geico's going to make it easy to bundle home and car insurance because having a home is hard work. So they want you to get a quote at geico.com. That is really easy. And by the way, you can do that this afternoon when you're watching football. You can be able to do that. Those numbers are staggering, though. That is a it's staggering that we can't even get good matchups when one plays four and two plays three. Yet we have people clamoring saying we need, there is a need to expand the college football playoff this year. There's no need. It's just a want for you. You want. I want the college football playoff to be expanded. That's what I want. That's what you want. That's what it's all about. That's what you want. Well, guess what? Wanty, wanty, no getty, getty. It's a Jamaican phrase. My my wife taught me that a long time ago. And you can only guess what she was talking about. Wanty, wanty, no getty, getty. I'll leave that to your imagination. 855-212-4CBS. cbs Anthony's going now. I wonder what Christina's saying when she's talking about it. Wanty, wanty, no getty, getty. Uh, Rick Pitino. Somebody get to Uncle Rick. I think Rick Pitino's just had, I don't know, one too many hits to the head. One too many uh, issues going on, but... Rick Pitino now wants May Madness because he knows that executing a college basketball season in the wintertime might end up being a real problem in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic because of, again, positive tests. So he's saying, start later, play a conference-only schedule so the uh, transit for the programs is not a big deal. And then have May Madness. So that's what he's calling for. Look, college, college basketball has to have a plan. they have got to have a plan. Because last year, everything in that plan sort of fell apart. But May Madness? Here's a memo to Coach Patino. Coach, college, football interest in, college basketball interest in this country has waned considerably. Considerably. And the college basketball season has even been dumb enough to move their championship games into April. Sometimes the, the Final Four is now in April. It's not in March. So even the term of March Madness and the, has just been moved along because of the inherent greed to try to squeeze more money out of it. You don't even have March Madness anymore. You have a Final Four in April. Champion, crowned in April. Not March Madness. But May Madness? Coach, People are barely paying attention now to college basketball. Just being honest with you. And my man Gottlieb, if he's up listening at some point, I know he's on a rival network, but if he's listening, he's going to send me a text and it's going to be angry. People are barely paying attention to college basketball as it is. Play it in May? When the NBA playoffs will be going on, reportedly? Or the NBA stretch run will be going on? And baseball will be going on? Coach. Nobody's going to pay attention. But I think you already know that. 855-212-4CBS. Sabah in North Carolina joins us. Good morning, Sabah. How are you?
0: Hello, hello, hello. My main man on a Sunday morning. I got a couple of things. Sure. First of all, uh, the Giants. What did I tell you? 4-0 now. Uh, Yeah, what is it with the the Giants?
2: You guys Uh, play better against other teams.
0: Yeah, it's horrible. And I think the Giants are going to beat you guys. I think they're pretty good. I don't know if it's just against us, but... They don't look like a two win team. I mean, I think they're going in the right direction. So if they win if they beat you guys today, I think they're taking the division.
2: Really? Really? Be careful. Okay, I gotta I gotta look at that. No, hold on a minute while we're here, I gotta look at that because I've never even given that a consideration that the Giants is
0: something. I don't know.
2: Well, I, I mean, I think you're you're judging it on playing the Washington football team. I hear team. you.
0: I hear you. He's 1-17 ju- or whatever and gets everybody up. I got
2: it. Ju- I, I, g- I got it. I think you're judging that. Let me see. The Giants are 2-7. and seven. Okay. Yeah. So to win the – the best they could go is 9-7. and Okay. Well, no, they won't do that. Six wins
0: will have to win the division. Okay, the best they could go is
2: 9. Well, well, six wins won't win the division for them because the Eagles are going to get to six, right?
0: Well, I think the Eagles might be five and whatever and one.
2: Really? It, it okay. could
0: be. I mean, that's the only way. Right, if the
2: Giants win today, they're three and seven. Right. Then they go to the Bengals. They could win that one. Let's let's play that game. They could okay. go four and seven. Yeah. And they're at the Seahawks. Are they winning that one? No. Probably not. Mm. Are they beating the Cardinals? Nah. I think that, they... that
0: that little quarterback will run around too much. Are they?
2: Okay. They could beat the Browns. There could yeah. be another win. Are they winning at the Ravens? No. Are they beating the Cowboys at home? They could win that one. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so the Giants could win six games. They could, mm-hmm. right? They could win six. Right. The Eagles would o- then the then the Eagles would only have to win six because of the tie, right? Right. And, exactly. and I think the Eagles have three wins left on their schedule. Definitely, right. So but the Giants have the to Giants, win. The, yeah, you know, no, it doesn't matter. That's not. Yeah, but that's not one of the ones. I, I think they easily have three wins on their schedule. I see. I, that's the part part. I think the two and seven is a problem. They get a just problem. Just
0: be careful point. about those jobs. Oh, and yeah. my second thing, if I yes. could. Sure. Um, Sam Howell. Yes. 550-some yards passing against Wake Forest yesterday. Six touchdown passes, and he ran for one. And another touchdown pass was caught in the end zone, and the defender took it away from our guy. What
2: happened, though? What happened, though? Why was that a game? Oh, my God. It was so amazing. But why was Uh, it a game? How did they let that happen? Well,
0: because, well, the defense sucks. I mean, that's one thing. They kept scoring on us. But my point is Trevor Lawrence, the good old Trevor Lawrence who I love, Against Wake Forest, only threw for one touchdown pass and ran for two, and threw for like 251 yards with a people you would argue
2: a lot better. Yeah, but didn't he get? And when did they take him out of that game? They they took him out of that game. If Ooh, I'm not that mistaken,
0: is, that, that's a good point. But well, in the that quarter, counts.
2: I mean, if, if if Trevor Lawrence was allowed to play entire games, if he was allowed to play, Trevor Lawrence would be blowing people away. But in would the be blown. Quarter,
0: my away. guy, broken FBS record for uh, 250 gotcha. like passing yards.
2: First quarter. It's It's Wake, it's Wake Forest. I'm going to say it's Wake Forest. Love you, Sabah. Thank you. My favorite fan of the Washington football team. And I don't want my buddy John Feinstein. Because I still like John. He hates me now. The guy hates me now. Anthony, have you ever worked that out? You haven't worked that out at all. He hates me. He does. I have no idea why. And and, and he's such a... I, I, I'm I I'm, I'm one of his biggest fans. I re, Anything he... John Feinstein could tell me that he's writing a book on toilet paper in the pandemic, and somehow he would sucker me into buying it because he's that good a writer. He'd find an interesting angle on it. He'd find a very interesting angle on it. All right, the fallout comes your way next. It is the most comprehensive view of the world of college football. If you missed yesterday, you missed a lot. But Anthony and i get you caught up. Hang out with us on the JK Show, CBS Sports Radio. This is the John Kincaid Show. This is the fallout. Now on the
1: JK show on CBS sports radio.
2: I appreciate you hanging out with the John Kincaid show every week. We get caught up in the world of college football. Number two, Notre Dame visited Boston college. One of the headliner games of the week. Notre Dame coming off that upset victory over Clemson without Trevor Lawrence. How would they follow it up? Well, it sounds like it was a win. Here's Paul Burmeister. On the Notre Dame Radio Network. Tyree motions out, empty backfield, book to pass, stands in the pocket, runs out to his right, eyes downfield, he'll run it in, touchdown Notre Dame. Ian Book wanted to pass that one, but ran out to his right and saw wide open space in front of him. Easily cruises in from six yards out. 12 19 left in the game, Notre Dame leads Boston College 44 to 23. In Book, three touchdowns. He ran for another. You heard that. Notre Dame overcame an early deficit, and they cruised that 45-31 victory. It was the Fighting Irish's eighth straight win, Brian Kelly's 100th career victory at Notre Dame, tying him with Lou Holtz for second all-time. He's now just five behind Newt Rockney. Notre Dame, a season-high 561 total yards in the victory. Up next, they visit North Carolina. That's going to be a great game, and it's not this weekend. It's the weekend after. All right, we dropped down because there's so many cancellations of games. Number six, Florida, taking on Arkansas. This was supposed to be just blowout city, and for a while it wasn't. Here is the talented Mick Hubert from Learfield IMG College.
3: Now an empty set. No backs. The snap to Trask. Trask looking, looking, throws the ball to the end zone. It's caught for Keough Zipper.
1: Touchdown, Gators. Touchdown
3: pass. That's six for Trask.
2: Goodness gracious kid is doing amazing things. Kyle Trask, 356 yards, 6 touchdowns, extending his school record for consecutive games with at least 4 touchdowns to 6 games. Number 6 Florida knocks off Arkansas 63 to 35. Second time this season the Trask has tossed 6 touchdowns in one game. Gators won their 11th straight at home. And it looks like they're heading to the SEC championship game in Atlanta. Trask becoming the third player in school history with at least 25 touchdown passes in multiple years. You remember the others. Heisman Trophy winners Team Thibault and Danny Warfold. It's pretty good. Florida faces Vanderbilt next Saturday. So, in other words, Florida's already up 35 to nothing. Number seven, Cincinnati. This was Friday night taking on East Carolina. Is Cincinnati gonna actually bang on the door to try to get into the college football playoff? Here's Dan Horde from Learfield IMG College. First down and 10 at the 12 yard line of ECU, the Bearcats up by 25 points. Two receivers out to the left, one out to the right. Ritter fakes clapping the hands. Now he claps, catches the shotgun snap, fakes a handoff, throws over the middle, touchdown! Bearcats as he delivers a strike to Jay Sean Jackson for his third touchdown pass of the game. Have yourself a night, Desmond Ritter. 327 yards, three touchdowns. Cincinnati defeats East Carolina 55-17. They extend their school record home winning streak to 19 games. Ritter, 17 touchdowns in the past four games, including nine rushing touchdowns. They visit Central Florida next Saturday. Could be a very dangerous game for them. It's the fallout here on the John Kincaid Show on CBS Sports Radio. Number nine, Miami. Continues to be, you can't spell unimpressive, without the U. Here's Joe Zagaki on the Miami Radio Network. Six oh eight to go in the game. Cheney is back in. On a second down and 10. King to throw. Down the middle. Caught by Pope. He's headed for the end zone. Pope is going to score. It's a Miami touchdown. Mark Pope from De'Ara King. An exquisite throw and a 36-yard touchdown from King to Pope. And Miami reclaims the lead or takes the lead, 25-24. The Hurricanes win the game 25-24 over Virginia Tech. The Hurricanes rallying from an 11-point third-quarter deficit to win their fourth consecutive game, and they stay alive for a spot in the ACC title game. Miami scoring the game's final 12 points and holding the Hokies scoreless on their final five possessions. That's pretty good. Canes host Georgia Tech next Saturday. That should be a good one for them. Now, number nine, Miami there. We get to number 10, Indiana, and I'm here to tell the pollsters. I've watched a lot of Miami this year, seen more than I ever do, and I've seen more of Indiana than I ever, ever wanted to till this year. They're fun. Indiana's a better football team than Miami, period. Get the poll correctly, please. Get it fixed. Here's Don Fisher from Learfield IMG College. Michael awaits the stat from Harry Kreider. And he gets it. Penix fires
3: it down the field and making a tremendous catch, Freifogel, and he's going to dance to the end zone. Touchdown, Indiana. Ty Freifogel turned
2: around, made the catch, spun again, and goes 65 yards for the score. Freifogel, love that name. 11 catches, 200 yards. Love the player more. The Indiana Hoosiers handle Michigan State 24-0, remaining unbeaten. Michael Penix, Jr., 320 yards two touchdown passes indiana's won its first four big 10 games for the first time since 87 that is unbelievable michigan state shut out at home for the first time since a 31 nothing loss to michigan in 85 I was a sophomore in college since beating michigan on october 31st the spartans have lost their last two games by a combined 73 to 7 that tells you one thing michigan really stinks The Hoosiers travel to play Ohio State next Saturday. Cannot wait for that one. We're going to have to have a TV at the uh, if that's an early game. Anthony, you're going to have to check the time on that game. I may need to have a TV set up at mom's uh, party after her uh, funeral. Number 11, Oregon at Washington State. Oregon trying to be the pride of the Pac-12 or Pac-10 or whatever it is. Can't keep them straight. The numbers are all wrong. Here's Jerry Allen from Learfield IMG College. And there's Travis Dye in behind Shuck now. The receivers each way. Shuck back to throw. Ooh, guy's got a linebacker on him. Look, got him deep. He's open. He's got it, and he's gone. Not going to catch Travis Dye. 10-5. Touchdown, Oregon. Oregon now 2-0. They beat Washington State 43-29. They pile up 582 yards of total offense. Jaden DeLora thrown for 321 yards and two touchdowns for Washington State, who led at halftime, but they couldn't stop the Ducks in the second half. Absolutely awesome. So, now the Ducks have won 17 of their past 19, and Oregon hosts UCLA next Saturday. And finally, on this week's edition of the Fallout, number 13, Wisconsin, took on Michigan. And when you have Michigan highlights, you really need to insert a laugh track. Here's Matt LaPay from Learfield IMG College. Pistol formation, Nikhil Watson behind the quarterback, Graham Mertz. In motion is prior. They'll tease the jet sweep, head off Watson up the middle. He's inside the five. Watson to the end zone. Touchdown, Wisconsin. Nikhil Watson blasting north-south and goes in standing, and it's 27-0 Wisconsin. Wisconsin was trailing 28-0 at halftime, their largest deficit at home since the Big House opened in 1927. Most lopsided loss at home since a 1935 loss to Ohio State. 49-11 was the final. A 38-point loss at home. Things are embarrassing for Jim Harbaugh. Absolutely awful. Harbaugh is now 0-11 as an underdog in Michigan. What more do you need to know? Wisconsin plays at number 23 Northwestern next week, and Michigan travels to Rutgers. If your team did not make the fallout this week, at Tony Pierno on Twitter, you give him grief because he's the one who puts this spectacular piece of audio entertainment together for you every week. I just tell him a little bit of what I want, and he just is a master at all this. There you go. On a week where there's lots of cancellations, that's the fallout here on the John Kincaid Show on CBS Sports Radio. A Sunday at the Masters, too. It's craziness. So, Anthony, would it, would it appropriate or not... If I have a giant TV set up so people can catch some college football, have a couple TVs set up at Mom's post party.
1: So noon and noon, Ohio okay, State, Indiana.
2: A, okay, it's perfect because Mom's internment is ten thirty. Her mass is her mass is ten thirty, and then her her burial, I guess as you would call it, is afterwards, right afterwards, and then we're going to her post party, which is supposed to start around twelve thirty. Appropriate or inappropriate? No, oh, she wanted a party, a celebration. Yeah, she wanted a celebration. She wanted everybody to have a good time. My mom wanted to have a good time. My mom did not want a quiet luncheon. And I am going to tell everybody. that My mom told me. She did not want a viewing, so she's not having a viewing. And so she wanted a party and people to have a good time, and she did not want a quiet luncheon. It's exactly what my marching orders were. It's not going to be a quiet luncheon. It is not going to be – we're going to have a fun time, though. I will not be with you next Sunday because I will be on the road with the family and everything, and I just thought it was uh, – I'm probably going to be a little wrecked after Saturday, a little tired, a little craziness uh, all going down. So uh, appreciate everybody. Uh, do you know who's filling in next week, Anthony? I do not know. I have not looked yet. I did not check the schedule. Find that out for me. But I think a TV with some college football – my mom would have been watching college football. If my mom was still alive, she would have had college football on. So I think she would have no problem with everybody having college football. And two, Anthony, open bar. I mean, if you want to have a party, you got to have the open bar. So I've got the open bar gone. So everybody, we're, we're throwing a party. So you're not all invited, but it'll be an open bar. So it'll be a good time. And I hope that she smiles down from upstairs and says, You followed my commands. You listened to me, my good son. She never spoke like that. And she rarely said anything like that. So I hope she's having a good time. And I'm uh, just, it's going to be a great, great day. I'm really looking forward to it. I really am. And it's shocking because you wouldn't think you'd look forward to that. I'm looking forward to a celebration of her life because she's worth celebrating. But I will be back with you two weeks from now on the 29th.
3: The glass is
1: never half-empty here because a glass can't be half-empty. More insights
2: like that coming your way on the John Kincaid Show on CBS Sports Radio. I try to be a show of truth, and be honest with you. And uh, I've many times told you, listen to the talented Kevin Dexter uh, for the sports updates because he's really, really good at what he does and he delivers it succinctly. But I've also told you factually that he's not a serial killer. Yet I'm concerned about what I just heard during that last sports update. Anthony, can we hear this again? Because I swear to you, a corpse hit the ground. It is there was week a 10 per- in the NFL. Just five games in the early afternoon window. Eagles will visit the Giants. <laughs> what was that? Eagles will visit the Giants. What was that? Somebody hit the ground. Eagles will visit the Giants. I think... Kevin Dexter shot a blow dart into somebody. Eagles will visit the Giants. See? What was that? That's not a book. A book didn't fall down. He didn't knock over a glass. I'm thinking a body hit the ground. Eagles will visit the Giants. Listen to that. Eagles will visit the Giants. (laughs) That is terrible. Eagles will visit the Giants. (laughs) That is crazy. Kevin you better keep your extracurricular activities off of our airwaves or the cops are going to find you out. It's amazing. John Kincaid Show, CBS Sports Radio. So they're bringing back Dexter. Yes, they up. are. Is, is it just to clean up that horrible ending?
1: It's is with the It's with the original showrunner, too. So the guy that was in charge of running the show for the first four seasons when it was actually good is coming back now okay. for this next season. So hopefully – So there's going to be a new season. Yes. Yes.
2: Are they picking up and, like, since they had him changing locales, have they... Supposedly, it's
1: going to be a direct continuation from uh, season eight, the final season. Okay,
2: which really needed a a do-over. Would you agree?
1: Absolutely. It was not a very good season, and the ending was terrible. And when the show originally ended, the showrunner that's now coming back for this last season to revive it... He had a in my opinion, a much better ending than what we saw.
2: So are we planning on one ending? Is this one season to end it? Is that all they're doing or are they gonna I see mean, it as of successful? right
1: now, but I right. mean, I don't know about you, but I could say, I would think the ratings are gonna probably be pretty good for good? it. Yeah, and yeah, sure. I think if the ratings are good, I could definitely see them pushing another adding another season onto it.
2: By the way, I know you were a fan of Twin Peaks, like I was. There's a show premiering this week on ABC called Big Sky. It feels like Twin Peaks when I see the previews. Feels like Twin Peaks. I'm Try to remember if I saw the preview for that. It's I called think Big I Sky. It's about it's about Montana and young girls being, I guess, trafficked or something like that. And um, but uh, so it has. a We have set it on the DVR. So we've set it on the DVR to give it a shot. So we'll try that out. All right, Greg in Topeka, Kansas. I think is still with us. Oh, he is gone. Greg, sorry I missed you. That's my fault. Caesar and Dallas, those here. Caesar, what's going on? My favorite. How about them Cowboys?
3: <laughs> How about Not them Cowboys? Not this year, John.
2: <laughs> What are you Maybe doing, next buddy? Year again. <laughs> I'm Maybe telling you, stink. Maybe next year. Maybe next year. <laughs> well, so what's you know, going whole, on, brother? The
3: whole division stinks, man. The whole division stinks. Oh, wait, 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 wait a
2: minute. It, it's should man. Should the Eagles stumble their way to a win today? They're five hundred. They stink. Come on, you can't say the whole division's <laughs> you know, I, garbage if I one team's five hundred.
3: I had a coworker today saying the Cowboys still have a chance to make the playoffs. And I, I I almost went off on him. You know, I don't, I don't know how he he was able to say, you know, he's a man. The way the defense looked last week, we might be able to sneak into the playoffs.
2: Oh my god! I almost
3: slapped him across the face, John. Oh my God. I had had to walk away. I, I
2: I acknowledge that the Eagles semi stink. They don't stink, but they semi stink this year.
3: As a Cowboys fan, you know, I, I know when, you know, when my team is bad. You know, I'm not going to shit right. code. I'm not going to be like, well, you know, we do this, this, and that. We're going to sneak into the playoffs. You know, at this point, there's no point in sneaking into the playoffs. I'd rather right. get a high draft pick, you know, get an offensive line. Right, Our exactly. I things. you know, secondary things. You know, we need help everywhere, you know. And uh, I was going to get in real quick and talk about that college football playoffs expansion. You know, it's the same same year every every year. Uh, oh, you know, let's get eight teams in, 16 teams in. You know, just like you said, with four teams in, it's already bad. You know, blowouts left and right, 20-point uh, margin uh, wins. It, it's, it's, uh, it doesn't make no sense to uh, be able to put more teams in. I think Cincinnati right. sticks in. They're going to end up getting blown out by Clemson.
2: There you go. I mean, that's the kind of thing you don't need. Thank you, buddy, and I appreciate you checking in. And by the way, when you posted that on social media a few weeks ago, boy, people really went wild. Um, And it was very kind of you. But uh, when I was talking about my mom and you posted that you were listening and you posted that audio and people listened and I got I got easily a hundred some emails on it. Uh, So I really appreciate that. There is um, Kim Ang and it's Ang, the Marlins new general manager. She became the first woman to be the general manager of a Major League Baseball franchise. And I will raise my hand and tell you now, congratulations to her. That is like, To me, that's absolutely awesome. Great to hear it. Kim has put in a lot of work to get the opportunity. A lot of work to get the opportunity. But I'm going to do something that most of the media won't. And I'm not talking about the people who cover baseball for a living. I'm talking about people who are in the media, like me, uh, who do sports talk radio. The vast majority of them, and the vast majority of just regular media members in general, did not know who Kim Ang was until she was promoted to be the Marlins' new general manager. So I'm raising my hand. I had heard of her once before and it was when I was doing a story on Becky Hammond who I had met in Las Vegas and was incredibly charmed by and I would love to play for Becky Hammond any day of the week and I came back from seeing her at the Bellagio in the summer and telling you that well Becky Hammond I I said I, I got to have a conversation with this woman and got to talk with her and everything and I'm saying I could see her leading A group of men. And I changed my opinion. I always thought you couldn't have a female coach coach men. That was my belief. Incorrect or correct, and I was very honest with you, and I said, that was always my belief. I met Becky Hammond at NBA Summer League in Vegas. I met her at the Bellagio. And I was incredibly, not only charmed, but just impressed. And I said, I would run through a wall for this woman. She's She is in charge. She's smart. She's bright. She's fantastic. And I changed my opinion on whether a woman could go into a locker room and lead a group of men. I said, I don't even know much about her basketball expertise. I'm just talking about her presence, her leadership. But I'm going to raise my hand and tell you that before Friday, I did not know who Kim Ang was. I had heard her name once. And I didn't know who she was when she was named the Marlins new general manager. What I realized is I must be incredibly lax. Because it seems like every other media member in the country knew exactly who she was. Knew that for years she had deserved an opportunity. And knew that she'd be spectacular for the job as the new Marlins general manager. Every, I mean, every single post that I saw. This is so long overdue. This is incredible. She Look, when I read her resume... I could absolutely see where somebody would have the opinion that, look, this woman's put in her time. She has worked in the ultimate boys' club, baseball. It's the ultimate boys' club, baseball. And she has worked her way up and has built a really impressive resume. If you showed me Kim Ang's resume and you didn't put a name on top of it, told me it was Joe Smith or Bill Jones... I'm thinking, man, this person is highly qualified and deserves the opportunity. The fact that it's a woman, I guess, is fantastic in 2020. I mean, it's fantastic that the opportunities come about, and it's good to see. But everybody in the media coming out and saying, what a great hire. This is a great hire, and this is so long overdue. She's been passed over a million times. And I'm like, how do all these people know who Kim Ang is? How do they know it? And I'm here to tell you. They didn't. They didn't. They're acting like they did, but they didn't. They may have heard of her, like I did, and probably didn't pay it any mind. But wow, when she got hired, it was, I fought this for years. This person, oh, absolutely. Isn't it great? Look, she's put in her time. She deserves the opportunity. And I wish her nothing but success. I wish everybody starting a new job nothing but success. Anthony, someday I'm going to start a new local radio job when somebody decides to give me an opportunity.
1: I know you are, because I was looking at your Twitter bio, it changed once again this week.
2: How did my Twitter bio change?
1: Yeah, it said breaking news coming soon. So you were teasing everybody again, as you've been doing now well, for that could weeks, be and any- weeks and that weeks and weeks. That
2: could be anything, breaking news coming soon. That yeah, could be anything. I don't know. What do you mean? Like, Did anything else change? I mean, nothing else changed. I think
1: it's about a job.
2: You do? Yeah. Could be anything. Could be anything. Maybe I'm finally going to devote myself full time to male modeling. Cause now, Anthony, by the way, thirty pounds. Fifteen weeks, thirty pounds.
1: Congratulations.
2: Now, can Chubster keep it off this time? Can he keep it off? You have issues with your weight. Up and down, uh, up I've, and down. I have lo- lost the same twenty I've lost the same twenty pounds. Uh, I would tell you that I've lost the same 20 pounds five times or six times in 20 years. I put on like 20-something and then I take off 20-something. And then I put on 20-something and I take off 20-something. This time I've taken off 30. And I'm looking damn good, by the way. My wife saw me in my new uh, suit yesterday. and She said, damn, you look good. I said, you know the man you married. Come on there, honey. And this is all yours. It's all yours. Kim, I wish you nothing but success. But to the media, acting as if they've known this story forever and they've been following her and they know that she's going to be great. Come on. Stop. It's transparent. Absolutely transparent. Come on. Just be honest with the audience. The vast majority didn't know who she was three days ago. But that resume... Looks like she deserved her shot. I'll get to Richard and Myrtle Beach quickly. Richard, you're on the John King K. Show. How are you, buddy?
3: Oh, good, John. Hope you and your family have a safe trip to Philly. Enjoy the party with you, Mom.
2: We are going to um, party, and she'll be there. I I hear that. Anthony does do
3: an excellent job on the fallout. I just want him to know Doesn't that.
2: Doesn't he really do a great job? That's all. And yeah. all I do is, honestly, I read that. Anthony puts yeah. it all together. He's spectacular.
3: He does quickly. excellent job. Quickly. My quick question to you is this. I don't know who the Jets' new coach is going to be, but if you were Trevor Lawrence's agent, would you convince him to sign with the Jets no matter what, or would you try to sway them the other way and get out of the first round?
2: I think I'd want to see who they brought in. I appreciate your call. I want to see how they who they brought in. I'd want to make sure that that was a good fit. But I absolutely would be willing to leverage anything. I would, I'd leverage anything that I could. God knows when I get a new job, I'm going to do that. Anything that I can. Coming up next hour of the show, we don't have a lot of time left. We only got two hours. Imagine 2020 if they had had their way. J.K. Show, CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.